are you going to announce it? Probably. Let's announce it. No. <laughs> Today on the Tim Manor podcast show, we've got Victoria has a fire. Hose on fire. Hose on fire. <laughs> Pronounce it again. Hose on fire. The philanthropy manager at... Just, well, I, I think we should announce it. No, you're the philanthropy manager at... Yeah, I think it's... Bolton Lads and Girls Club. At BLGC. Sorry, BLGC. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. Let's move on. Um, you not are you at all? <laughs> probably not. I'm just like, why have you done that? Why have you done that? BLGC, it's the Bolton Lads and Girls Club. It shall I, always be that in my heart. And you know what? It is in the heart of many people, but there's many charities out there. And I think sometimes the word Bolton could restrict us. Our reach goes above and beyond just that area. And I think having to explain that to people, if we're bringing on supporters in Manchester and areas of greater Manchester, BLGC is almost the umbrella now. We're always going to be proud of our DNA and our heritage over 130 years, but this is where we're evolving into. And I think the other aspect is you've got to look at young people and you've got to look at where we are current day. And do you want to pigeon someone into lads and girls? What if they don't sit in those boxes? What if they sit outside of those boxes? So I think we've had to evolve to a place that everybody can feel at home. And that's where Infinity's come from. You know, the young people asked us to call our youth centre Infinity. So we're BLGC. If people want to make a connotation or a note back to the original heritage, we're going to celebrate that. You're proud of where you come from, but you're proud of where you're evolving. And I think because our reach goes much wider, we'd almost be pigeonholing ourselves saying we're still Bolton Lads and Girls Club. So BLGC is taking us into the future. Shut up, Victoria. <laughs> it's, put, it's just like the way you deliver stuff and things like that. I'm just, I've got absolutely no comeback to that at all. It makes absolutely it, perfect sense. Because it's the I truth. I totally get it. But in my heart, the brand will always be Bolton Lads and Girls Club. And I get that. I, and I totally understand the BLGC thing. Yeah. Especially the way you've just explained it. So philanthropy manager, what, what, I know we've asked you this before, but yeah. what, it, what does that mean? So I was brought on to help support our income generation aspirations. So help support it, help drive it with the team that we've got on fundraising. And essentially that could be building relationships with individuals. It could be building relationships with businesses, but it's really about those understanding people and how they want to support us or making and maybe allowing them to understand how they can support us you know it works two ways so it's really those relationships are fundamental to us and how we really build those income generation aspirations whether it's the people we have whether it's the services whether it's the facilities you know as a charity you're completely dependent on people giving and people supporting us and I've only been in this world for a year now and I can't believe how crucial it is. Where were you before? I so I, before. I was a buyer at JD Sports. Um, I'd been in the buying world for over 10 years and it didn't fulfill me anymore. I wasn't happy in myself and I think it took time to spend time with... I've got a woman that's really close to me. She's a life coach. She's taken me on so many journeys in, you know, I'm learning Reiki with her at the moment. Um, and it was realizing the part of my life that I wasn't fully happy with. And it was my career. And I think if, I believe if you're in something, you've got to be in it 100%. I'm so before that, in JD, you had a job, but you feel like you've got a career within 
BLGC? I, I had a career in both. I, I take everything as like, it's a... Uh, but if, I don't know if you can call something a career if you not get any fulfillment from it. That's why I stopped it. And I had to say that, I had to be really honest with them and say, I could stay here and I could carry on, but my heart's not here anymore. So, so it's just a job. Yeah. And I'd very much, I think before COVID, I'd very much identified that my job was me. And it was when I was at home and when I was with my family and I looked at it and thought, I'm not that job and I'm not my car and I'm not that title. What do I want to stand for? And I come from a background of my parents were foster carers and I'd seen from an early age what young people can be exposed to and how people can let them down and how the system can let them down. I'd probably seen maybe too much from a young age, but it shaped me to where I am today. And when we were going through COVID and I think the more vulnerable became even more vulnerable, I couldn't sit with that. And I thought one minute, yeah, whatever industry you're in, whatever you do is your craft, do it and own it. But I can't own that anymore because I want to help people and I needed to make a change. And I thought, right, so I started just fundraising myself. I was doing walks, I was doing whatever I could, trying to get money to sort of children's charities. And I thought, I've got to take this even bigger. And it was only meeting with my life coach. You know, some people might go on oh, life coach, but I think everybody needs that person. Yeah, mentor. That yeah. independent person that's not um, affiliated necessarily with your life and maybe their own agendas that they've got over you or you speak to your parents, your partner, your friends. It's that independent person I could bounce off with. And she was like, have you ever thought about joining a career in fundraising? I was like, like I didn't even know it was a job. Um, and we just started exploring it. And to know I could work and spend my day helping a children's charity, I felt like I'd struck gold. I was like, wow, that's that's what I want to do. And then you go through that phase of everyone going, no, you don't. And you've gone, she's having a midlife crisis. She's hit a mid-30s and she's literally lost the plot. And I just was clear with my intentions. That was my dream. And I know what I wanted to do. Um and I knew I wanted to bring yoga. So at the same time, I was I was learning to be a yoga teacher and I thought, I want to bring yoga to young people. I want to make it more accessible. It's a very privileged um, activity. You know, you've got to almost have money to be able to be funding 10 to 12 pounds a week. Um, and I think the people that really need it are the people that are growing up. Agreed. To connect with your mind, your body, your spirit, your breath. And I sat in the interview with Kelly and I said, uh, you know, I'm going to be changing careers here. I don't have any experience, but I'm great at relationship building. And I understand sort of the values of brands and brand relationships. And I think if charities can work as businesses, I can come and work for you and do that. Um, and I also want to put my hat on the table and go, I'm going to teach the kids yoga as well. And fast forward a year, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, it's... Um, it empowers you to know you can have a dream and go, I'm going to do it. And it's not been easy and I've had loads of failures, but I've, I'm getting there and I'm living it now. And I feel like I'm living a bit more my truth. I'm in a world where I'm really enjoying it. And like so I say, it's should not Should we easy. say this little announcement? Are we allowed to say this little announcement? I mean, I didn't know it was going to be an announcement, but if well, you I'm, want I'm to. Announce it, I want to announce it to the public. So just, just announce it. What's actually happening now? So I was brought on as philanthropy manager. Um, Kelly is going to be going on maternity leave, who's our head of fundraising. Congratulations, Kelly. I know, amazing for Kelly. Absolute blessing. She's going to be, she is, she's absolutely fabulous. She's been fundamental in my growth within the charity world and within just bringing me in and opening me up to this world. And 
she's unbelievable she's the best manager I've it's it's refreshing do you know what I mean so yeah really pleased for her and yeah she's asked me to um step into that role while she's off so I'll be looking after the team while she's on a maternity so I feel great I feel you know I'm I feel really blessed and I just want to do the team proud and do the charity proud and it's about showing up every day and saying I'm going to make this possible for us and she's done an amazing job so in this year while you're off I want to smash it and do it do it justice so yeah what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You, you, you'd like to... Obviously, you've got a new CEO in now. Yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's a really, really good team that's coming forward. And I think... Yeah. Should we do shout out to John and Harriet? John, Harriet. <laughs> Definitely shout, shout out to John and Harriet and to Julie and to Amy, the rest of our team that you're going to meet soon. Yeah. And obviously, we've been working with you and I think it's helping us step outside our comfort zone. And that word of, that phrase, sorry, of saying, thinking like a business, it's so competitive out there. Whether you're a brand, whether you're a business, whether you're a charity, every charity is worthwhile. And I think just maybe trying to elevate ourselves and think outside the box and speak to people differently, get that engagement, get people having a conversation. Are we the best at showing people what we do and who we support? And I think it's about being, you know, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the word humble, but it's about being humble and going, let's educate ourselves with people like yourself and spend time and really understand what we need to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a journey. Where yeah, I, I mean, you know, the Bolton Lines and Girls Club is a business. Everybody knows it as a business and, and you know what it does, but nobody really understands it as a brand. Um, and that, that, you know, that's what we're going to be working on a bit more, aren't we? Yeah. And, and so people can really understand who we are and with the values of the business and, you know, what we actually... Um, I think it, who we actually are because I, I don't feel anybody really understands who BLGC Bottom Lads and Girls Club is they know it's a business and they need funding to support the but like you know our true values and the stories behind it you know really mm. telling the kids stories and tell, telling our stories really going to be important I think we do so much and we're we feel we've evolved now to present day into a, a like almost a holistic one-stop shop for young people. And when you're so multifaceted and you do so much, it's then like we have those conversations with John and Harriet. How do we get that across? What what part of our services and our facilities, for me, the most important thing are the people. And maybe people don't always like that, but it's the people we've got, you know, the centre's amazing and the services are amazing, but the people, for me, are the pillars and the foundation that build up what we do. And they're why the young people come through the doors. And then it's the young people and the young people's stories, like you say, and the breakthroughs that those young people have. I've started, um, we've started a yoga session on a Tuesday night and it's we're literally in, are we in week, maybe week four or week five? It's even spending time with the young people of an evening when we'd be going home you know, a lot of us now are getting the opportunity to come on session and spend time with the young people and help the sort of youth team at the evening and join their team and just being there and seeing the young people firsthand and having conversations. Well, it just brings me back home and goes, this is why I'm here. You know, you have a tough day. You have a day where no one's picking up the phone or it's a quiet day. And that's the reason why I'm there getting at the root and getting involved with the source of the charity it's fundamental so yeah can, can you give me some stories um 
the things that have sort of resonated with you with the most you know like you don't have to mention any names yeah. and stuff like that just to give people a bit of a context yeah. of you know who these kids are and yeah. what, what they're going through yeah so a big one for me personally coming from parents as foster carers you know the person I call my brother was fostered by my parents and he is my brother and he's completely turned his life around and that was through having stable sort of guardians parental figures in my mum and my dad and me um he was actually sexually abused in the care system so the care system let him down you know he's a head chef now at a vegan restaurant and it's not about that title but this is what he's done with his life and he's got two kids and he's one of my best friends he's fantastic and we support a lot of care leavers and children in care and they don't have those people and that to me is a fundamental that every young person every adult should have someone they can rely on and you know we support children in care and aftercare in many ways but one of the ways that's fundamental is we have a men a mentoring program so it really relies on volunteers and we're doing a big push at the moment to really just open people's eyes of ways to get involved and that being being a mentor for a young person is so fundamental and it could be well it, it can save lives at the end of the day but it could be that change in someone's life that just gets them on the right track and I think because I've seen it firsthand in my own house and I've seen it with many children that came through our doors you're changing the course of someone's life so not only do I see it on the mentoring program where you're helping a young person build those basic needs of self-confidence self-resilience just believing in yourself and knowing you've got someone you can talk to or maybe igniting a little spark in you that goes oh I didn't know I could do that or am I interested in that not only do we have it on the mentoring program I'm seeing it in the youth club of an evening that these young people are speaking to the youth workers and the volunteers these are the people that they rely on yeah they come and use all the facilities we've got we've got a gym we've got a sports hall we've got a recording studio we've got a dance studio art therapy room and they're all amazing but at the end of the day they're coming back to speak to the people that are there and sometimes you know some of the things can really escalate and it's really big things that are going on but sometimes it's smaller things that add to that bigger thing that just help a young person uh, and maybe ignite something in them so that for me without going into people's names and stories is, is huge because every person should have that person in the life you know and if they don't what's going to happen what what's out there for them you know it's a bit of a it's a grim world really so you know many of us have been really blessed to even have one figure in our life whether it doesn't have to be a parent, we've had someone there yeah. and I'm seeing firsthand present day, the poverty levels are, it's disgusting really. It's insane that we can live in England, in the Northwest and we're going through this, you know, delivering food parcels, we have a food bank and things like that. And I think you need a young person's basic needs to be met. They need to be fed, they need to be warm and they need to feel that sense of love and just that they've got someone to talk to and someone will listen to them because what are we shaping them for the future if they've not got that I suppose that's how I feel how, how, how sort of like, how sort of prevalent is the lack of love with some of these kids are they just are they not getting anything no and it comes from a multitude and we 
our sort of primary support supports children and young people between the ages of eight all the way up to 21 or 25 with special educational needs. But it was during COVID we saw a bit of a lack in local services around helping families as well. So we've sort of widened our reach. And again, that's another reason of BLGC to family support as well. And I think for young people that come and use our services, they're going home at the end of the day of the evening whether that be to parents or siblings or carers or guardians, you've got to have a whole holistic family approach. And that's what we've done. And it's non-judgmental. It's really to help and support those families. So it's like a family assist support side of things. And the team that works at our place, they're unbelievable. And what they're building, it's very nurturing. And it's very, it could be unemployment. It could be housing issues. It could be food, you know, need help with food bank. It could be, you know, mental health and well-being. And the team set up um, coffee mornings at Infinity as well. So it's utilizing that space in the day if we're not in holiday club when the, when the young people are at school or at college or at jobs and, it, and it's going, come in and let's spend time together and let's build a bit of a community as well there. So yeah, it's, um, I think the, you know, on a statistic level, if that's where you want to go, it's one in four families now in the Northwest are experiencing food insecurities. And I think we know everybody's feeling the pinch from, you know, energy bills rising and, and food prices going up. We're all feeling it, but this is the level of people that were almost at that border and they're dropping down into that area of not being able to cope. And it's horrifying. I don't think it's going to get any better and we just see consistent levels of people presenting themselves to us. I think that's why it's so important, you know, the work that we're doing together, that we're able to tell these stories. Yeah. You know, we're not doing it from, oh, look at us, we're, we're not doing a victim, but it's just making people aware of what what is actually going on. Don't, yeah. People don't understand what's going on. It's the education level yeah. of saying, you know, I could cold call all day long and go, we're a children's charity. Yeah. I could say, so what? I've seen a million children's charities and all we're trying to say is, these are the umbrellas and this is what's going on in your local town, in your local sort of northwest area. Come and come and join us, come and come and help. You know, there's many ways to get involved. What are the ways of getting involved? So we run um a patron sort of society family support where we get many businesses, many local businesses, uh, many individuals that come and help us and support us. So that could be monetary donations, you know, and we've got really good retention. The same supporters are the people that have been there for years. And I, what do you need to earn? What does BGLC need to earn to actually? It's over 2.5 million a year. Right. And that's kind of ever increasing with what's going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, and like I say, that could not be done without the support of our patrons and our supporters. There's the grants and trust side as well. So we have a team that focuses on on that area as well. But for me, I see it as a family and we're doing it with them. You know, this would not be possible. This is what the tangible results, what you see is what you're bringing into your local community. And that again is what I think is so great about what we do. It's here, it's there. Yeah. We report on everything because that's who we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we want to see the results. Yeah. Are people, do people understand the results? Is it is it like you know you, you know doing a video that you know this this money you've done has actually helped do yeah. this and and actually just yeah you know yeah. quantify the word a little bit so people can understand what that money's just kind of got yeah you know yeah. The, the social media is good and it's telling it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it needs to be a little bit more listen that mm. this is what we, this is what you're doing mm. for these kids mm. um, 
Go on, what, what else do you do? So obviously do that, the mentoring program. Which yeah, is so really we cool. have a big volunteer support as well. So we had over 200 volunteers before COVID. We've lost about 100 of them. And I think, you know, cost of living is a big part of that. Yeah. I think reevaluating people's lives as well. It's, it's time you're asking for at the end of the day. So going down a more social value route, when we talk to businesses, it could be people's make a difference day. Yeah. And it's ways of showing businesses, this is how you can get involved. This is how your whole workforce can come and add value. It doesn't have to be young person facing. There's so many ways to get involved. Look at the Bolton Beer Festival, for example. We rely on the help of volunteers to come and make that event possible for us. Um, but then there's also ways like the mentoring program where it's a commitment of a couple of hours every couple of weeks and you are matched with a young person and, and that's kind of that journey for a year. Um, it's absolutely fantastic and people get so much out of it themselves. Like like they wouldn't believe, do you know what I mean? So that's another avenue. But we're trying to be really kind of open and flexible at the moment in terms of volunteers. So we have a, you know, a whole sort of plethora of ideas but come to us and let us know your ideas. We're here. Use us as the canvas and tell us what you want to do because there's so many ways. We have people come, come and run in like art therapy sessions with young people as well. People doing holiday club takeovers where businesses will come in and just help our youth team and, and come and help with the young people. And it's just fun, you know? So yeah, there's many ways of getting involved from a volunteering side. And how do they get in touch with you? How, how does somebody go to come to you and say, look, I want to get involved? Do they go to the website? Do they go to Instagram? Yeah, so What's the best way you're getting in e touch either with? Either side, like all the social media channels, obviously we're all on LinkedIn. Everybody can connect through that. All social media side, all the details are on the website in terms of our emails. Just drop us a line or pick up, you know, just pick up the phone and just ring reception and you'll come through to one of us and we'll discuss all the ways that you can get involved. Or if people want to come down and have a tour and see who we are and what we're about, that's another kind of video we're doing at the moment to just really explore and show people this is who we are and what we do. Because yeah. um, like you say, are we telling that? Are we are we really telling that story? Um, and hopefully getting some of the younger people to be involved in that as well, because it's a good platform for them as well. And the other aspect is sort of um, employability and enterprise. So that's a really big focus of ours that you know fundamentally we want children to be children and enjoy and have fun and we're providing them with somewhere where they can come and have food it's warm it's safe there's many engaging things to do fun activities but then there's the life skill side of it as well so let's have a talk about the future let's talk about aspirations you know is there a certain sport you're into is there a certain sort of vocation you want to go down school isn't for everyone and we know that so what what are you interested in and if we can ignite those sort of flames and those sort of ideas in young people let's help you get there so another way businesses can get involved is we have these like world of work days or we'll go and you know a business might come in and talk about their industry or we'll do a tour around sort of certain businesses and again it's for young people going oh I didn't even know that was a that was a career or that that was that you could be that part of that area of that business and you don't necessarily need a degree for it so yeah that's another avenue and businesses seem to be really sort of interested in that area because I think it's a great way of sort of bringing apprenticeships in your local area and things like that so yeah many ways so the, the where did the the the, um, the knife thing come from? The um, lifestyle that, that apparel, yeah. yeah. Where's that come from? So we've seen knife crime, as probably everyone has, a lot more prevalent um, in our local area. 
and we've had some members who have lost family members themselves um some members have lost friends some members have lost siblings and we have a bereavement support service so obviously from our side they were fully fully supported and for us that's where we thought that would end that we'd be nurturing them and supporting them to deal with their grief and it was a small group of them that actually came to us and said no this isn't one of them actually said to us I could have gone down the same direct route of where they've taken my family member and gone at it with violence or why don't I rewrite the script why don't I change things and why don't we create a knife crime awareness project and that's what they've done and that's where lifestyle apparel was sort of born and the lifestyle aspect was really to educate young people about that lifestyle choice and that there isn't just one route to go down and that you don't have to use violence and they've actually educated us in saying that a lot of knives that are being carried on the street are because young people are scared it doesn't you know it makes sense when someone says it to you doesn't it it's that fear aspect and that a lot of the injuries and fatalities are people's own knives being turned on them it doesn't need to happen And this is coming from young people that have dealt with grief, that have seen this violence, that have gone, we don't want this anymore. We want to change it. So for us, we're like, whatever you want to do, we're going to support you. So it started with a graphic of a shattered knife and it has completely escalated to them learning how to print their own t-shirts, to them looking at branding, to them coming up with hashtags, to them wanting to be positive advocates in the center and for young people out on the street, in schools, in colleges. They're completely inspirational young people. Um, And the sky's the limit at the moment. You know, we've talked about setting up a website. We've had some support from some local businesses that have brought them a domain name and things like that. So yeah, it's alongside coping with what they've got going on outside. They're really passionate about sort of getting this to light and really bringing it into something so yeah really something so devastating becoming something so positive yeah incredible that isn't it yeah yeah and obviously you've got the um the sort of like music side of it which is amazing isn't it? yeah yeah so we've got um we've got a recording studio and we've got a great guy that works on our team that's been working at podcasts um with the young people We've got a music room as well. And I think it's just being that creative outlet for young people that you might not always want to be in the open rec area. We can get up to about 200 young people a night. And for some young people, that's not where they want to be. They want to be in the gym area. They want to be on the court or maybe they want to be upstairs and maybe they just want to write some lyrics and just let it out. You know, we don't censor anything. Let them just be creative and just get that out there. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, um... I'm very biased, but it's an amazing facility. It's really good. What can you see coming up for BLGC? What can you what, what can you see that's going to be happening? What we're doing at the moment is listening to demand and evolving. So we've launched Connect, which is a special educa- educational needs evening on a Monday night, and that's an all inclusive group. We've built we're in we're in the process of building like a sensory room as well. So it's understanding what are our areas of opportunity and what can we do to sort of develop and make sure we're being all inclusive with every single group we um we've got a food bank downstairs it's kind of stayed down there at the moment and we're not housing the boxing ring at the moment 
we're working with a company to get it in a unit outside and we can get boxing back open. So that's come from the young people. So we have a youth panel team and they've said to us, well, we want boxing back open. It's the highest growth sport that they're seeing on YouTube and we're not facilitating that service. So let's get the boxing ring back open. So we constantly go to the young people and go, what do you want to see? We've had some feedback at the moment that we've not got enough bike racks outside the front. A lot of bikes are getting stolen. So we're speaking to the council. What can we do right now? This is your centre. It's not ours. What can we do? Do you know what I mean? On a on another side of things from sort of the targeted youth side, because we've got 14 mental health practitioners within our umbrella, we're getting 60% of referrals at the moment with self-harm. So, you know, that's the level of what's going on in schools with young people. I think it's about one in six young girls now will either have thoughts of wanting to self-harm or they will self-harm. So when we're trying to get that across of what we do, you can see in the space of you asking me that question, I've gone from boxing, I've gone from the Connect, S-E-N-D, and then I've gone to the mental health side. There's so many areas and there's so much we want to do but there's only so much that funding will allow that happen. So, you know, we have to sit there and go blue sky. What do we want to do? Well, the baseline is we've got to keep the services open and we've got to keep supporting young people. You know, look at yoga. We've just brought it onto the schedule. So what else do we need to do to our offering, our universal free open access offering to make sure young people can access as many opportunities as possible? But then how do you support all your young people through your mental health services as well? So we support young carers. And I think it's now one in five young people will will be a young carer in some form. So there is so many young people in schools and they go under the radar. And generally because they probably, and this is not to generalize, but do they want to discuss with people what's going on at home? Probably not. You know, do they even know they're a young carer? So we're working at the moment on a project to make sure we can identify young carers. And sometimes they're the conversations in the youth center where something will be said to someone And then a volunteer or youth worker will go, okay, I'm putting the dots together now. I think they might be a young carer. And it's just making sure they can (coughs) access that support, whether it's one-on-one support in terms of mental well-being, whether it's respite to just be a child, you know, their caring responsibilities. And this is as young as the age of eight could be so extreme that they're not going to school or they're not getting the chance to be a child. So how can we help them access all those areas of what every other young child's having? And then it's bringing them together. So they, the group that we support have told us they want a peer-to-peer support network. They don't just want to work one-on-one with us. They want to know what other young carers are going through and that's what we've built them. So it's listening to that and it's evolving. So that's what we constantly do. We don't stay stagnant. We constantly look at every area and go, how can we improve this? How can we make it better? These are the statistics that we're getting through. How can we make sure we reach more young people? And then when they're getting the help on the mental health side, come and use our facilities, you know, come and interact with more young people, come and enjoy art therapy. There's so many areas of breakthroughs that happen in the art therapy room. And I bet it would with adults as well. It doesn't take sort of a rocket science to work that out. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So just go through it. How can people get in touch again? So they can get in touch on our social media channels, get yeah. in touch on the website, ring reception. But, you know, I can give you all my details for yeah, you to put on. Yeah, but stuff. anyway, just get in touch with us. And we'd love to have a conversation. Mint, aren't you? <laughs> uh, like proper legit, mate. Like proper Thank legit. You.
Um, Honoured to have you on and share this story. Um, Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. You're with the best.